0: All right, uh, here we go, you guys. Are you ready for this? Yes or no? Okay, we are beginning uh, this message tonight, but it is the third week of our series called Living with Leverage. Everyone say, Living with Leverage. Living with Leverage. And basically, you guys, this is a series about understanding why your lifestyle matters, why the things that you do, the things that you say, all these types of things, we're trying to figure out how you can live with leverage your lifestyle gives you leverage and here's the big idea of this entire series okay if you were trying to understand or you were trying to describe to your grandmama what that pastor brian guy is speaking about here's the big idea about living with leverage and it's simply this how you live doesn't change who Jesus is, okay? How you live doesn't change who Jesus is. You can go out and you can sleep around and you can do whatever you want and you can cuss at your grandmama and you can flip off your mom and guess what? You can do all these horrible things and it doesn't change the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. It doesn't change the fact that He is the only way that you can come to know the Father, come to know God, that you can inherit eternal life. How you live, none of that changes anything. You see, sometimes we see people and they claim that they're Christian, right? They're like, I just love Jesus with all my heart. And then they go out and they live this incredibly horrible lifestyle. And people go, God's not real. And they say, how do you know God's not real? They're like, because look at this person. They say they know Christ and then they're living this lifestyle. Well, here's the thing. How you live doesn't change the fact. Everyone say fact. Come on. How you live doesn't change the fact that Jesus is Lord. Yet, however, but, you should know how you live does hinder the action or the message or the the representation of what Christ wants to do in your life and through your life how many of you know that if you go ahead and sleep around it doesn't change the fact that Jesus is God but it does absolutely hinder the fact of what God wants to do in your life and through your life and so how you live matters. Your lifestyle matters. So when we talk about living with leverage, this advantage, leverage means that you have this ability or power or advantage in situations. If you want to have leverage in your life, you've got to live with leverage, and you need to understand that your lifestyle matters. So we've been looking at this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and basically Paul does two things. Number one, he talks about how crazy, awesome, powerful, and absolutely important it is to know that Jesus Christ is who he says he is he talks all about Jesus and we're going to just start here in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14 and this is what it says for the love of Christ controls us he's he's trying to just he's like he's he's like I'm begging you to understand Jesus this is this is what he's saying for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this That one, Jesus, has died for all, and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. He's saying, listen, Jesus is the Christ. He died on the cross. He was raised from the dead three days later. He is the key to heaven. He is the key to e- eternal life. He is the key to salvation. So he says, we're, we're saying these things that you might no longer live for yourself. Well, I'm just going to do what Brian wants to do. No, no longer would you live for yourself, but live for the King of kings. His name's Jesus. Can I get an amen? So he says this great scripture in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Do you know how great of a, of a verse that is? I mean, if you're just looking at therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Do you know what that means? That means no matter what lifestyle you used to have, it means that you don't have to have that same lifestyle anymore. It means that even if you were the most perverted, nasty, uh, just junky-minded junk junkerton, when you serve Christ, you become a new creation. When you put your faith in God, guess what? You get to start fresh. And it doesn't mean that all of a sudden, shazam, like, whoa, you know. You can't remember anything about your past. You can't, you know, it's like you got brainwashed. That's not what happens. When you come to Christ, you're a new creation. You still remember the things that you did. You still have regret and remorse. But you know what God's saying? He's saying, I have forgiven you. You're washed clean. There's no guilt or condemnation over you. And now you have Jesus in you who gives you the power to live a whole new life. And so Paul goes into this new life. He talks about this this lifestyle. And last week, we talked about purity. He talks about these six things, and that's why we're doing a six-week series. And so tonight, we're going to talk about the next one. But listen, I just want to give you guys a heads up. It is absolutely impossible for you to live a pure life without Jesus Christ. Now, you may not do certain things. You're like, oh yeah, are you saying that, you know, you have to know Jesus to be a virgin, no, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying this, there is no way for you to to be pure, and to have a pure mind, and to live pure, and have pure intentions without Jesus Christ inside of you, you see, the old is gone, the new has come, that's what's so awesome about Jesus Christ, you need Jesus in your life. You need Jesus to save you from your old life that is bound, dirty, nasty, and absolutely separated from God because it's full of sin. But when you get Christ, you're a new creation and God enables you or strengthens you to be who God's called you to be. Some may say that's good stuff. So here's what happens. He ends with that verse, behold, the news come. And then he begins to talk about living in such a way. And so we're going to pick it up in chapter 6, verse 3. And he says this, we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us. In one version it says, we put no obstacle in anyone's way. And no one will find fault with our ministry. And then verse 6, this is how we develop this series right here. He says, we prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. So just so this doesn't all get garbly goo in your brain, let me kind of unpack it for you. This is Paul. He's saying, God's amazing. You need Jesus. He died. He was raised. Everybody needs God. You're a new creation. All the guilt is removed from you. So... Therefore, because God's so absolutely, incredibly awesome, we've got to live in a way that it doesn't mean it changes any of that, but he says we've got to live in a way so that there's no obstacles in people finding out this great news about Jesus. And he says you need to live in a way, you need to have a lifestyle that gives you leverage about this great message. You've got to choose to prove your faith prove yourself, live with this advantage so that you can have leverage in life. How many of you would like to run a race? Remember Dusty Dominates? Do you guys remember that a few weeks ago? By the way, you guys, Dusty Dominates is coming back next week. Stay tuned. Watch Switch TV on our Facebook if you want to watch it. But remember, Austin and Dusty sprinted in the 100-meter dash. And by the way, I had to ask, I had to investigate, did you guys know without any kind of trick video camera type stuff, without all those incredible special effects straight out of Hollywood, Uh, did you know that in a straight up race, did you know that Austin actually beat Dusty? I mean, fair and square, beat Dusty, 100 meter dash. Now, here's the deal. This is what I'm trying to get to with leverage, and this is where we're going tonight, okay? Now listen, how many of you would agree with me that I don't have to prove it uh, out of physics class or some kind of uh, science class? How many of you would agree with me? That Even though Austin beat Dusty, if Austin had 300-pound weights tied around his ankles, how many of you would agree with me? Even though we think Austin is awesome, he's buff, he's strong, he's strapping, he's absolutely just decked to the nines with buffness. How many of you would agree with me that with 300-pound weights tied around uh, Austin's legs, he would have at least a difficult time beating Dusty in a race, right? Well, sure he would. Why? Because he's got weight weights now listen this is what paul says the way you live determines whether or not you run with or without weights now i don't know about you but i've run some races like marathons last year, in fact, last October, I run the Portland Marathon right, and it does not matter that I've lost 110 pounds. It does not matter. Man, at the end of that race, come on. I did not need any weights on my legs. They were already heavy enough. Amen, somebody. I mean, I get down to like mile 26 and I'm crying. I'm like, you know, and there's no weights. Come on, no weights. Now, if you were to put a weight around my leg, I'd just be like, i'd suck my thumb i'd cry out for my mom i would do all things i would you know i would i would beg and and plead and say hello little water boy volunteer guy will you carry me you know i'd be upset why because it was already hard enough how many of you would agree with me that life in christ there's already a struggle there's already a fight that we're a part of we don't need to weigh ourselves down with any extra weight if we're going to run the race that god's called us to Come on, we need to live with leverage, and our leverage is determined by. Our lifestyle. And so here Paul goes and he says, We prove ourselves, and he goes into this lifestyle of leverage and he lists off six things, and that's our six weeks. Last week, we started with purity, and the big idea was this if you're focused on romantic fantasies, they'll always fail you. But if you stay focused on Christ, everything will always fall into place. But this week, you guys, we're getting right into the next thing. Do you guys see that up on the screen? Oh, it's not on the screen. Uh, The next thing out of 2nd. In Corinthians chapter 6. He says, we prove ourselves by our purity. And next it says, wow, uh, we're backwards. We prove ourselves by our purity and our understanding. Okay. So today we're going to talk about understanding. We're going to talk about knowledge. And as the screen forewarns you a little bit, the title of this message in this series tonight is simply this. Don't, oh, <laughs> Jesus, these guys are struggling. Don't, it's not funny to be a dummy, okay? The title of the message tonight is, It's Not Funny to Be a Dummy. Here's what I'm trying to say, you guys. When Paul says, I prove my lifestyle with my understanding, he's basically saying this, I'm not walking around stupid. I'm not like, ha-ha, ha-ha, hey, you know, he's not like, I'm going to serve God and run this race, ha-ha, ha-ha, you know, and they're like, hey, Paul, do you, do you love Jesus, ha-ha, oh, you know, no, listen, listen, you may laugh at dumb, dumb people, but listen, it's not funny if you are the dumb one, come on, somebody, it is not, I mean, have you ever laughed at somebody doing some kind of dumb. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen that person that's like, you know, especially when, like, people that are real proud do something dumb? You know, they're like, sup, 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 uh, huh, sup huh. And all of a sudden, you know, they do something. I watched one. It's on YouTube. You can, you can look it up if you want. There's this band, and they're just jamming, right? They're like, and they're, like, serious, and he's just like, rah, 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 you know, that's my best band impersonation, because the guitars are way down on their knees. They're like, and, and he's just like screaming at people. He's like, and I don't know what he's saying. But then he's just like, and he just falls right off the stage. <laughs> he didn't realize like the end of the stage was there. And all of a sudden, he's just like, Boom, and people are like, w-, and the band's like. Hoo-la-la. I was just what's the guy? You know, and all of a sudden the guy's like literally crawling up over the stage with his guitar. And and you know, when people are acting all bad, come on, somebody. When people are acting all bad, sometimes like you're like, <laughs> you know. But how many of you would agree with me? It is not funny to actually be the dummy. You know, if you're the one falling off the stage, you're not like, oh, that was so awesome. No, you're like, you know. I want to get away, just like the Southwest commercial. I want to get out of here. So, uh, in in. In fair treatment, you know, talking about uh, being dumb and and airheaded, and that Paul's saying, I don't live that way. I live, he says, with understanding. You know, listen, I don't. I want to put something out there right, right at, at the beginning here that I don't think that the color of your hair determines whether you're dumb or not. Okay, I just want, I just want anybody out there that's blonde. You know, I want you to know you are safe in this place. Okay, we're not. Get, in fact, listen, my baby girl. Eliana is absolutely bleach blonde, okay, and she's the most gorgeous, smartest. I mean, she's got a winsome personality at eight months. I mean, she's just. I mean, she is. Uh, she is God's picture of perfection. Uh, more or less. But, you know, she is just amazing. So I just want to tell you that, you know, I don't think that the color of your hair determines anything. But I, at the same time, I think that, you know, when we're talking about not being dumb, I think we could all laugh at just a couple, just a few, just innocent, safe, clean blonde jokes, right? I mean, because so I got, I got a couple because it's not funny to be dumb. So you do not want to identify with what, whether you're blonde or brunette, come on, whether you have black hair, red hair, blue hair or you know uh destroyed uh colored hair uh you know l- l- listen to this you, I, I just got a couple of jokes for you uh, how do you know a blonde has robbed your house okay how do you know a blonde has robbed your house because you notice the microwave is gone but there is a note there in its place saying thanks for the tv Okay, yeah. Okay, so we need to just tell people, listen, it's not funny to be a dummy. You do not want to get a microwave confused with the television, okay? It's not good. And Paul's saying to the church, he's saying, listen, I prove my lifestyle because I'm pure and I'm not a dummy. I I have understanding. So how about this little blonde joke right here? Why was the blonde staring at the orange juice container? Because it said, concentrate. Okay, yeah, see, 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 I I hear you right now. And you're like, no, no, don't even go down that road, why? Why? Because you're proving my point, it's not funny to be the dummy, okay? So we, yeah, orange juice concentrate right there, but listen, it's not funny. In fact, it is kind of funny to be a dummy in certain things, right? I mean, like if you were there Sunday when I was preaching, I was talking about me and power tools and not knowing how to change the nails in a nail gun that was really simple and and the words were actually like insert nail here and I couldn't figure that out. I'm like, ha, 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 you know, yeah, and people laughed. I hope at me, or I mean with me, not at me, you know. But it's, it's okay to be funny about, or maybe a dummy about some things. But listen, you guys, this is where I'm going to turn it on you, okay? It's absolutely not funny. It's absolutely horrible of an idea for you to be ignorant or to you for you to be a dummy about certain things. Not, It's not okay for you to be a dummy about the things of God. Amen. It's not okay for you to be a dummy about your life. Come on. It's not funny to be a dummy about things like the devil. It's not like, oh, you know the devil? Yeah, I was the devil once for Halloween. Ha, <laughs> ha. And I was like stealing kids candy because I was a devil. Ha, <laughs> ha. And you're like, well, what about the devil? I don't know, but man, that dude's big. Ha, ha, ha. You know, it's not cool, listen, for you to be ignorant or for you to be dumb about the things of God. Here's why. Because even though uh, there may be some funny things in life, listen, Paul's saying, listen, I approve my lifestyle. Watch this. I have leverage with my lifestyle because I'm a man of understanding, because I am a man of wisdom, because I have a knowledge of the things of God. So let me address middle school, high school, 20 somethings right now. Listen, everyone look up here. Listen, look up here. It is not okay for you to just claim ignorance. Ignorance is not bliss. It's not like, well, I don't know, but I'm just going to get my Holy Ghost groove on. Yeah. No, it's not. Listen, there needs to be something inside of you. Listen, there needs to be something inside of you where you say, you know what? I understand the things of God. I understand exactly what the Bible says about the devil. In fact, in 1 Peter 5.8, it says to be sober-minded, to be watchful. It says your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. How many of you would say it's not funny to be dumb about things like that? It's, it's not like for you to go, oh, I don't know, but it's no big deal because, you know, I guess we're saved and the devil can't touch us because I guess we're, no, no, you've got to get understanding. Listen, here's, here's the big idea tonight, you guys. Here's what I'm trying to get across. You need to crave knowledge and understanding in the things of God. Even if you're a middle school student and your parents aren't saved, they don't go to church, they don't, nothing, and and your your friends don't. Listen, there needs to be something inside of you that says, I want to be a woman of God. I want to be a man of God. I want to be someone that understands the things of God. Why? Because Paul says that when you are a person of understanding, you run without weights. You run fast. You are able to live life with an advantage. But people that are absolutely ignorant, People that have no idea, listen, it's like a weight. Let me put this in perspective for you. You're trying to tell your friend about Jesus, but you don't really understand Jesus. How many of you would say that's a weight in what God wants to do in you and through you? Someone's like, well, if God God loves me, then why is there so much suffering in the world? You say that God loves me, but why doesn't God love the baby that's crying and starving in Africa? You tell me that. If you're ignorant, if you don't understand the things of God, if you don't even care, if you're like, well, I don't know, but God loves. No, listen, how many of you know that that person's not going to laugh back? And if you're not a person of understanding, if you don't take seriously the things of God, guess what? Your faith is going to get rocked, and the people that you're called to lift up, you're actually going to bring them down. Why? It's a weight. But Paul says, I live with leverage. He says, we prove ourselves with our purity last week, and now this week he says, and we prove ourselves with understanding. We are men of faith, men of knowledge, men of understanding. Do you get that, yes or no? I'm calling you tonight, listen, to have a fresh craving for the things of God. Some of you are like, oh, well, you know, we like switch, but we never open our Bibles. <laughs> I can't find my Bible. Ha ha ha! And guess what, friends? Not funny. Not funny. Because when you are ignorant and when you claim dumb, guess what? You just put a weight around your ankle. You just put a, a, a big heavy yoke of burden right around your chest, right on your shoulders. And then when we say run and God says, come on, I want you to run, you're like a can. Why? Because I claimed ignorance. See, we got to raise up a generation that says we care about the things of God. We care about the things about our life. We don't laugh about those things. We laugh at dudes falling off the stage. We laugh at people on Switch TV. We laugh at these things, but what we don't laugh at, what we don't think is funny, what we don't think is is cool is being ignorant about the things of God. God wants you to be strong, buff, strengthened. God wants you to have some, some grit. God wants you to have some depth to your faith. And that's what Paul's trying to say tonight. Are you with me tonight, yes or no? So listen, the purpose of, understa- the purpose of understanding is leverage. It's not to be smarter than anyone else. It's not, it's, it's not like, oh, guess what? I know more Bible verses than you do. <laughs> you know, there are people that memorize scripture, and the only reason why they want to memorize scripture is because they want to know more scripture than somebody else. Okay, big L on the big forehead right there, okay? You know, I let you. You her, okay? You don't want to gain knowledge. You don't want to memorize scripture just so that you could be called a smarticus, you know, just so that you can be like, oh, yay, I'm a, I'm a Christian now, and I know lots of things. No, listen, some people walk around with their Bibles open, and they're like, oh, I want to tell you I know this, and I know that, and I know this, and I know that, and they're actually, they're pious. They're proud. They're full of of, of just this heresy, this this just kind of proud spirit, and it's nothing about the spirit of Christ. It's about, it's just this knowledge that the Bible says puffs up. That's not the purpose of understanding. The purpose of understanding is for you to have leverage so that you can run this race, so that you can understand what the devil's trying to do to you. How many of you guys know, listen, I used to change out magazines at like Fred Meyer. Some of you know this story, some of you don't. But I used to change out magazines. You know, you go to the the aisle that has magazines and you see like hundreds of magazines, right? Well, my job and Jennifer's job, our job was to take out like the old Sports Illustrated, Put in the New York... Uh, Sports Illustrated. Put the old, one, old ones in the bin. And guess what? How many of you guys know that of all the magazines, they're all not just nice little Sports Illustrated magazines. They're not just nice Better Homes and Garden magazines. How many of you would agree with me, not from personal experience, but you would just agree with me that there's some nasty, mcnasty magazines at the ma- magazine racks there at Fred Meyer. And so listen, I'm not ignorant, friends. I'm not dumb. I'm not like, oh, well, I don't care. It's no big deal. Ha ha. You know, listen, this one, I, I know the damage that magazines and pornography and even soft porn and even just kind of just kind of cutting corn i know the damage that that can do to a person i've seen people ripped out of ministry i've seen marriages destroyed i've seen the damage so when i went up and i changed out those magazines you know what i did people might have laughed at me and thought I was the dummy but I wasn't the dummy honey I was the one who was having some understand wisdom so I'd walk up to those magazines and Jennifer would change them out we change them. and Jennifer would change out the ones that I shouldn't be looking at and so I'm like you know I'm changing out better homes and gardens oh yay five ways to knit your favorite socks woo you know and, and I'm like okay and Jen's doing some of these, but sometimes uh, I would find these magazines right in front of me and they'd be and I'd have to change them out Jen wouldn't be with me that day, and I would have to do all the magazines by myself. Do you know what I would do? I'd be like this. I'd know they were coming. I'd be like, okay, all right, and I'd grab them like this, and I'd, I'd hold them off to the side, and then I'd close my eyes just like this. I'm not talking about like, I'm like this. I would close my eyes as tight as I could. And I'd reach back to the very back. They always go in the very back. And I'd reach in the back, and I'd put the new ones in. I'd grab and throw the other ones out. And then I'd grab the ones in the front, which are, you know, like PG-rated, like Better Homes and Gardens. And even though I wasn't supposed to, and I probably would have got fired if they found this, I would grab the ones, my eyes still closed. I would grab the ones in the front, and I would put them over the ones I just put in the back so people couldn't find the magazines that they were looking for, all the nasty big nasties. And then I'd make sure it was all covered with my eyes closed. I opened my eyes, and then i keep doing my job. Why? Because I'm not ignorant. Because I'm not just walking around oh, I don't know, it's no big deal. Hey man everyone does the ha ha. I'm like no, that's a big deal. I'm not ignorant. I have understanding. Guess what everybody? I live with leverage. Can I stand in front of you and say by God's grace because of the grace in my life, guess what? I get to run faster than a lot of people because I'm not impure. Because I don't look at pornography. Because I don't do that. Why? Because I'm a man of understanding. Because I care about those things and it's not funny to be a dummy. So you've got to you've got to say i need to know scripture i need to know these things paul says i prove myself it doesn't change jesus it doesn't change the power of jesus but it changes our effectiveness and the leverage that we have to live our life you've got to live with understanding you've got to say you know what i'm all about this here's the here's the bottom line you guys Understanding doesn't like, you don't like, you, you're not a computer. You don't get a plug in a USB port, you know, click, click, and all of a sudden, like, you get to download the Encyclopedia Britannica. You know, you don't get Wikipedia downloaded into your brain, and all of a sudden, you're like Mr. Smart Christian Kid, right? Listen, there's only one way for you to gain understanding, and that's by the Word of God. Listen, your your understanding cannot come from your best friend. It can't come from your when you're trying to get advice. You can't go to MySpace. You can't go to Facebook. You can't even sometimes go to your Christian friends. Did you know that sometimes your Christian friends, even though they have good intentions, give you bad advice? How many of you have had a Christian give you some just bad advice? Come on! In the in the school of advice, they flunked out. How many of you have had some Christian flunkies give you some? I mean, just some bad bad advice. You know this happened to Jesus. Jesus walking. It's ready. He's ready to lay his life down and be crucified so that you and I could have this brand new life. And Peter thought he had some good advice for Jesus. He's like, "Hey, Jesus, hey hey, stop! Ah, uh, we're not going down this road. I'm, I'm gonna whoop up on these people. And and, and you know what Jesus said? He's like. Psh- He's like, "Get behind me, Satan." He's like, "I mean, you like that's rude. I don't know. I can't believe Jesus be calling people Satan. That's just, that's just rude, right there." No, no, no. Jesus is like, "I know, dummy. I understand exactly what I need to do, and you're giving me advice that's not from God. It's from Satan." You mean well, Peter, you're a good guy. I'm actually going to build my church upon you. You're going to, be, uh, you're going to write actual scripture in the New Testament. You, you got it going on. You're going to preach on the day of Pentecost, and thousands of people are getting saved. I'm all for you, homeboy, but right now you're talking out of the wrong side of your mouth, and I am just walking away from you back up off me. Why? Why, listen, Jesus got his advice from the father. He got his advice from scripture. You know that the book of Isaiah talks about the advice Jesus needed to take on the day of his crucifixion by his stripes were healed. And it talks about Jesus being crucified. What am I trying to say to you guys? Listen, listen, I'm absolutely telling you that it is time that day is here. The day has arrived for you to have a fresh passion and a fresh hunger for the things of God, specifically the word of God. Paul says, I'm a person of understanding. I know these things. I've got it. I've got it going on. Listen to what Proverbs 15:21 says. It says, folly is a joy to him who lacks sense, but a man of understanding walks straight ahead. Look at that. Man of understanding. Bam, bam. You can't, you can't slow me down. Ain't nobody break my stride. And when you slow me down. Oh, I got to keep it moving. Why? Why? He says I'm not, I'm, I'm not Mr. Folly, the Folly Flunky. Listen, I'm a man, look at a man of understanding. Walks what? Come on, say it. He walks what? come on, a man of understanding is able to walk, he's got depth, it's so great to see people get saved, and then they get involved in like what we had, the alpha course over the summer, and some of you've got your life journals now, and you were doing life groups on Sunday nights, or Sunday afternoons, and that's great, that's all so that you can become a person of understanding, because you being a fake, shallow, little flaky Christian, is not what God intended, you'll never have leverage, you will never have leverage until you decide, as a, as a high schooler, as a middle schooler, as a 20-something, I'm going to be deep in the things of God. I'm going to be a person of understanding. Psalm 119, 130 says this. The unfolding of your words gives what? Light. It imparts understanding to the simple. How do you gain wisdom? Look at what it says. The unfolding of your words give light. Look, it says it imparts understanding to the simple guys listen i want to talk to you right now girls listen you might think that you are no good at grades you may think that, man, Pastor Brian, I I don't do good. I get I get bad grades. I I, I just I kind of struggle. I could never be this man of God. I could never be this woman of God with it, wisdom. Do you want to know the great thing about God? Can I just? This should bring a smile to your your D minus face. Okay, this should bring this should bring a smile to you because guess what? The Bible says that when you seek God, look the unfold when you begin to read the Bible, it says that. God imparts understanding to you. You know what that means? You're reading it and you're just like, God, I speak something to me. And you just begin to read, and guess what? It's like this. You're like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Did you? Did, whoa! Why? Because you just read something, and something got imparted to you. That's what sets the Bible apart from every other book. There's good books out there. There's nice books. There's Christian books, but there's only one inerrant Word of God book, and that's the Bible, and when you read the Bible, it can impart light to you. It can I impart understanding to you, and so I'm calling you tonight. I'm saying, hey, it's time to live with leverage. It's time to get you in the Word of God. You're like, man, never mind. I don't know why I can never stop not sinning because I, I got sin and I'm sinning and I can't stop and I don't know why. Get you in the Word, get in the Bible, get imparted wisdom, and all of a sudden you're gonna get some. You're gonna be like, whoa, whoa, why did I think that before? Have you ever read the Bible and go, I can't believe I I can't I can't believe this? Have you ever done that? You are like. What? Why? Because God just imparted something to you, and you're like, I ain't never going back that other way. I want to tell you something, man. You need to get in the Word of God. You need to read. Paul says, I'm a man of understanding. I prove my life. I pro- we prove ourselves. We are not an obstacle. We're not a hindering block to anybody because of our purity and our tonight understanding. You've got to be a person of the word. Last scripture, and then I'm going to close tonight. Psalm 119, verse 98 says, Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies. Whoa. Are you guys getting this tonight? Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies. Woo. For it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. Whoa. (laughs) For your testimonies are my what? meditations. Do we have that? For your testimonies are my meditation. Look at that again. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies. Listen, some of you, when we talk about enemies, I want you to understand something. Some of you that are new to faith, new to serving God, when we talk about enemies, we're not talking about how Mike Wright talked about Hitler bombing Pearl Harbor, even though we're a little mixed up in our history there. Um, uh, Listen, that in the, in the physical world, how many of you guys know that, that Hitler was our enemy, Right? If you don't think Hitler was our enemy, we need to pray for you, cast some demons out of you. Hitler was our enemy in the natural sense. In, in, when you become saved and you live for God, your enemy, the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It means that this dude may make you mad, but you're not mad at that dude. You're mad at what the devil's doing through that person. You're mad at the fact that God, uh, the, 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 uh, that person hasn't accepted God. So when it talks about uh, your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, this is what it's saying. It's saying... The Bible will make you wiser than everything the devil's trying to do to you. The Bible will make you wiser. You know how your family's trying to split apart? You know how you're uh, struggling with that addiction? You know how you're working with your anger? You know how you're dealing with this, th- these thoughts of negativity? Listen, the Bible will make you wiser than the enemy that's throwing those weapons at you. I mean, come on, somebody. Let's think about this for just a second. Picture me right now. Third degree black belt. <laughs> Fifth hundred degree? I don't know, but I'm one of these guys, okay? Picture, picture, just what's up, what's up? Have, have you guys, I'm going to date myself really bad right now, but how many of you guys have watched Karate Kid? Come on. How many of you have never watched Karate Kid? Oh my goodness, we're going to pray for you. No, just kidding. Okay, <laughs> cry, Okay, even those of you that have not watched Karate Kid, do you guys know Mr. Miyagi? What's on. Wax off. Daniel's son. Okay, here's the deal. Okay, I know that now everyone's going to think Pastor Brian's too old to be a youth pastor because he's used to movies out of the 80s. But listen, that's how I roll. Listen, listen. In Karate Kid 2, okay, Mr. Miyagi's in the parking lot. And just to let the two of you that's never watched it know, Mr. Miyagi is this like three foot tall dude. Okay, maybe five. But you know, he's really short and he's this old guy and he just kind of stands. He's really quiet. He's like, and then this big, huge dude's like this. And he's like, he looks like an a NFL football player, right? And he runs out in the parking lot. He's like, and Mr. Miyagi's like this. And the guy's like, I'm gonna kill you. And he goes to punch Mr. Miyagi. But listen, Mr. Miyagi is wiser than his enemy. And all of a sudden, Mr. Miyagi goes, Huzzah. And the fist comes and goes right through the windows of the car. And he's like, and it's like an 80s movie, so it's really over-dramatized and everything. He's like, and like blood's like, okay. You know, it's like this. And so he's holding this hand. He's like, and he's like, and he goes to throw with the other punch. Mr. Miyagi, oh, Daniel-san, goes, And the fist comes flying through. And it goes through the other car window. And then, and then Mr., and then the guy pulls his hands. He's like, and so now he's at the mercy of Mr. Miyagi. And Mr. Miyagi now has him. And he gets him down to his knees. You know, the guy just kind of falls down to his knees like, I'm a dead man. And Mr. Miyagi goes, hey! And we're like, and me like a seventh grader is like oh he's like hi hey. and he goes honk. and just honks his nose and he like totally belittles this big bad enemy and he's like nah. and everyone's like oh yeah, miss me. oh yeah you know why because that's that's what happens listen when you are when you are smarter listen 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 life is just so good Life is so good when you are smarter than your enemies, is it not? I mean, just think Mr. Miyagi. Did he walk home depressed that night? No, Mr. Miyagi like grew 2 inches. I mean, he was like, da, 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 da. listen, it is uh, I can't tell you. When I'm at that when I was at that magazine rack, when I walked away being done with my job with magazines. Do you know how good I felt being smarter than my enemy? Walking pushing my little cart tray thing full of magazines. You know, I mean, people must have thought like I was in a parade or something. I'm like, ah. Hi. Hi. You know, I got the figure eight wave, you know. the I'm just, why? Why? Because listen, listen, listen. Life is so good when you're smarter than your enemy. Because the enemy comes at you and goes, nah, I'm going to get you. And you're like, you don't know what's in store for you, sucker. Why? Because you're a man of understanding. Mr. Miyagi knew. Whoosh. He knew. Whoosh. And when you know what the enemy's gonna throw at you, you're just like, you gotta be kidding me. Nope. Not in my life. I'm living with leverage, I'm running a race. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, and nothing is gonna slow down that message. Nothing is gonna hinder me. I'm gonna put no obstacle in anyone's way. I'm calling you tonight to be that person. I'm calling you to be wiser than your enemy, and the only way it's going to happen, listen, is not from you going, oh, good word, Pastor Brian, we really like that. We're going to download it on iTunes. Whoa. No, that's not how it's going to happen. It's going to happen by you saying, you know what? I'm going to get into my word. I'm going to get into my Bible like never before. I'm going to eat it up. I'm going to read it. I'm going to reread it. I'm going to ask God to impart things to me. I'm going to do it. Now, listen, listen. You know you're in trouble if you're bored with what I just said. If you're like, come on, come on, come on. You're about to get smacked by your enemy because it's not funny to be a dummy. It's not, oh, yeah, well, who cares, man? Just let's get... No, no. You've got to ask yourself, are you absolutely passionate to read your Bible? Or are you like, my Bible? I'm not sure I have one. Um, what? Or maybe you're like, well, um, I have my Bible, but I wouldn't say that I'm passionate about it. It's more of a chore. Guess what? New perspective. Tonight, everything changes. Tonight, you say, I am going to seek you like never before. And when you do that, you guys, when we create a culture of wisdom in this place, guess what? We see men of God and women of God rise up at a young age. I want you guys to know something. Last thing, God is doing incredible, freaky, awesome miracles in young people. You know, there's a guy, uh, uh, his name's Zach, and he's 17 years old, and he's touring the world right now. He's already written two books, and he's doing incredible things at a young age. Why? Because he's a person of wisdom. He's not just walking around airheaded playing Nintendo until you know, his, his Xbox, until his thumbs fall off. He's like, I've got to dedicate my, things, my, my life to the things that matter. Listen, if you want to play Xbox, you play Xbox. It's all good in this neighborhood. But listen, you've got to have something in your heart that says, I've got something more important. I'm going to make sure it happens in my life. If you're not involved, if you're a middle school or high school and you're not in a life group, you need to get in a life group. Uh, Chrissy can help you with that wave. Chrissy, where is she at? There she is. Chrissy can help you. If you have not been to a life group on Sunday afternoons, it happens every two weeks, this is going to help you get into the Bible. We have life journals back there. If you want a life journal, we will give you a life journal. There's $7, but we will give you one because we want you to get involved. You can pay it back whenever you can, but we want you to understand the importance of what's going on. What would happen, friends? What would happen if all of a sudden, listen, picture this. If middle school, high school, and 20-somethings started absolutely devoting themselves to the things of God, becoming mature, and instead of, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling very good, I'm sorry, I don't know if I can come to Switch tonight, I've got this going on, i got that. What if you understood the absolute uh, gravity of what's going on? Can I just be honest with you? I'm going to meddle just a little bit. If you understood what God wanted to do in this generation, you'd never miss tonight because of homework. You'd never do it. You'd bust your butt every second of every free time to get here on a Tuesday night so that you could be a part of what God's doing. You would never be like, well, I don't know if I, if you, now, if I, I understand, I understand schedule, but if you actually got into the word of God and realized what God's doing in this day, in this age, you, you would never, when I, I guarantee you, when you get to judgment day, you'll never go like, oh, I totally regret going to switch instead of doing something else. that And I, I made the horrible decision there. You'll never, ever, ever say, wow, I made a bad decision. But here's the deal. Guess what? If this is just youth group, if this is just the student ministry, if we're just here hanging out, I'd skip too. If that's all we're doing is hanging out, I'd skip too. But what we're trying to create here at Switch is something where God can absolutely say, I can use those people to do miracles regardless of their situation, regardless of how many there are. We've got to do something great. And when we all jump into that and get that understanding, all of a sudden, priorities change. And all of a sudden, listen, I'm not here to, to, to whoop up on you or make you feel. I'm just saying maybe, maybe there's an impartation for you tonight where you go, you know what? Tonight things change. Tonight, things change. But it's really going to happen when you begin to cry out to God. Let's pray. God, right now, I just pray that there is that hunger in people to not be clueless, to not be ignorant, but that even uh, middle school students, even high school, even twenty somethings, Lord, that there would be inside of them a passion, a passion to serve You, a passion to know the Word of God, a passion to open up the Book of Ephesians and know what's in there, a passion to open up the Book of Psalms and to identify and relate and let You impart things to us. I. Pray pray, Lord, as we cry out to you tonight. I pray, Lord, that as we pray and repent and and just make this, mark this night a fresh night of depth and, and maturity, Lord, I pray that something significant would happen in our lives, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.